Okay, so hey everybody. Welcome back to a what? Another episode of Talking with Trinity. So right now we're not going to do no statistics. We're going to get into what I want to talk about. But for right now, let's just listen to at least two songs. The first one is going to be The One by Taylor Swift. So let's just chill and listen to it. Can I say the one by Taylor Swift? We're going to throw in some wet Rihanna in here. But let's go ahead and get into the story. So, 
But today's episode is on men sexualizing women. And I've gone through this. So it's not like, oh, no, we are. This is something that I've gone through, as well as sexual abuse. So, um, through, like, through my years. <sighs> um, at 10, there was this man that walked up to me. And he was like, you're 16, right? And I'm looking at this man like, he's crazy. Like, sir, you're crazy. Why would you walk up to me? And so I'm backing up, and I screamed my mom's name. My mom ended up turning around. But I don't think she was, I don't think she was really, like, paying attention per se. She just heard me scream. But it wasn't that, oh, I'm in danger screaming. It was like, mom, like, um, I need some help with something type of scream. I mean, you know. Moms, you know the scream that your kid has. So I kept backing up because this man, and I ended up backing up into my mother. And he said, yeah, because like if you're 16, then what I want to do to you, I can do. My mom turned around so quick. And she said, sir, if you do not get away from my 10-year-old daughter. And he was like, oh, oh, I know she has some big bulls. Sir, okay, that doesn't mean that she's not 10. Really? Now, I'm 18. But when I worked, um, when I worked in high school, because I had like two different jobs, but like this one was when I worked at Dollar Tree. I had to work the night shift because I was in school in the morning, so I had to work the night shift. I remember my first night. This man scared the mess out of me because at night we were like really, really slow. So I was putting up like, you know, the change from one of my last customers. And this man scared the mess out of me by saying, hey. And I kind of jumped because when I looked like not even five seconds ago, nobody was right there. And then so you just kind of like appeared. Um, mm -mm. So he said that. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. You scared the mess out of me. So I checked out, you know, his little two items, which was like a detergent and like a bar of soap or whatever. And I gave him his change and everything, and I told him to have a good day. And so he ended up stopping, and he came like around, but not like around to where I was at. But um, if you've ever been in Dollar Tree, you know where that little counter thing is where we put the bags and stuff. He came around there, and he was like, oh, you must have never met a real man with a deep voice. I can, look here, I cannot think of anything. All I said was, and, and so, like, he walked out. When my mom came and picked me up from work, I told her about this. She said, uh, you, she said, you know what, I'm gonna need you to quit. And I'm like, no, mama, why? She was like, because for one, she was like, because for one, you don't really need to work. You don't. I make enough money for both of us. And I and I mean, I told my mom, honestly, I've never been one of those kids that, I mean, I'm not going to lie, I am lazy. But I've never been one of those kids that didn't want to earn what I had. At a young age, I was taught, you work for what you want. You're not given just what you want. Growing up, that's how it was. Hard work equals something that you want. 
So I wanted to make my own money. And that's what I was doing. Even though I was getting sexualized by men, there was this one man that said, hey, what time you get off? I didn't tell him what time I got off. But he was like, okay. He said, but I'll be waiting out for you. He was like, I'll be waiting outside for you when you get off. And I'm looking at this man and like, I got so freaking scared because, sir, no, no, you will not. I call, I text my mama so quick and I was like, mama, you need to be here when I get off work. And she was like, why? I was like, because this man said that he'll be waiting for me after I get off of work. She was like, oh no, ma'am. I was like, yeah. I, it got so bad to where I used to tell these men that I was 15. They were like, oh, well, I mean, if you're 15, you shouldn't be working there. I was like, I'm, um, no, I'm 15. And they was like, oh. And, like, that's what kind of got them off my back. But then again, not really. Because they still wanted to do whatever the heck they wanted to do to me. I hated working night shift at Dollar Tree. But that's all I could work. I hate it. Like, when I say I hated it, I hated it. Because these men will be like, how old are you? And I'll be like, 15. And this is the thing. They're, like, they have daughters. They're standing next to them. And they're asking me, hey, how old are you? And I'm like, 15. And their daughters are pulling, like, dad, um, come on, leave her alone. Like, why would you ask her something, something like that? I, look here. I, mm-mm. No, 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 sir. I, I just told them that I was fifteen. That that was the way to get them off of my back. I'm fifteen, and so they got a lot of them off my back. Like none of them really. Whenever they did come back in, they didn't really um say anything. So once I graduated high school, I started working the morning shift. Oh my gosh, I loved it. It was slow in the morning, and by the time I got off, that's when rush hour was, and I didn't have to do rush hour, so yay. But there was this one man. This man was like in his late 50s, early 60s, and he would always come up in there. And I don't know if he did it to any other cashiers, but he always did it to me, where he would make very sexual jokes like very sexual jokes and I could like I I didn't know what the heck to do and I would just be like yes yeah, sir have a great day I couldn't really do that I couldn't be I couldn't speak my mind because then I would have lost my job but one day he came in and he was saying something very sexual I can't I really cannot remember what exactly he was saying but it was something very sexual like I think he said that he wanted to like be with me or something I can't remember but I remember like I took his money so that he can um so that I can you know pay for his stuff and get him out of there and he said something else and so I started like flagging the dollar bill not the dollar bill the 20 dollar bill in his face and like you know how like whenever you're talking to your kid and you're like no you're not supposed to do that yeah that's what I was doing because it was something that he said and I was like no you're not supposed to do that like I would be playful with my customers just to make their days better and he was like oh so you're waving the you're waving the money in my face 
to so that my eyes won't look where they really want to look. I hurried up and put in the change, gave this man his change and told him have a great day. Don't, don't say that to me. No, don't ever say that to me. So we had like this security type guy that came in and like he was talking to me and I was like, okay, so the man, you know, kind of hurried up and walked out. So the next day when my store manager was opening up the store, he came, he came up and he was like, hey, I'm sorry what I said yesterday. I hope your husband didn't take offense to that. I didn't say nothing to this man. I just smiled looking at my store manager and me and her just, we smiled together and like she came up the, like, like, oh, okay, I see how it is. So she was like, oh, um, no, she doesn't have a husband. She's not married. He was like, oh, well, then you're that. She was like, no, she doesn't have a husband. She's not married. She's still in high school. Her and my daughter are the same age, 16. I look here. Once I got that man out, I was laughing. And my store manager asked, um, what did he mean by that? And so I thought I was like, he was being very sexual yesterday. And when I like wiped his money in his face, he had told me, oh, you're trying to keep my eyes from looking where they really want to look. And she was like, oh, uh-uh. She was like, you let me know next time he does something like that. And I was like, yeah, well, thank you. It's great to know that somebody will actually, you know, that she cares enough to look out for me. I remember this one time I was in Dollar General. I will never forget it. Because the look on this man's face, I knew if I didn't think fast, I probably would have never made it back home to my mama. I was in seventh grade. Um, Let's see, I'm trying to think. I think I was 12. I think it, like seventh grade is like your 12 or whatever. I can't remember, really remember. But I remember my mom had sent me to Dollar General. It wasn't that far, so I rode my bike because, like, the apartments that we were in, we lived literally by Dollar General. So it wasn't uncommon for me to either walk or ride my bike there. So I went in, you know, got the little stuff that um, that we needed because we were going to cook that day. And so I ended up looking and like, even like I looked through the aisles, like I looked, but I also pay attention to like the people buying me. This is a habit that I have and we'll get into why I have that type of habit. So I was, you know, getting all the ingredients and stuff, putting in the little hand basket and I saw this man. Not look here, a lot of people may think that this racist, but it was a white man. And he was on crack. I could tell like that he was high off his butt. And I'm walking, you know, down the aisles. And I started noticing every aisle that I went down, he would go down that aisle also. So I tested the theory, like, is this man following me? Or is he just in here? Or what he needs is on the same aisle. So what I did was I went running through the aisles, grabbing the stuff that I needed. And I went like three aisles down and... I would look, stop, look, go a little slower so I can actually read the ones that I needed. And I ended up seeing him like peek his head over the aisle that I was on. And he saw I was right there and he started walking to me. 
So I ran, I ran all the way to the uh, register and I'm looking back, hoping that this man is not coming my way. And the girl at the register is like going so slow. And I'm like, hey, Kim, like, you please hurry up. And she was like, um, you can be more patient. I'm like, girl, you gotta hurry up because like it's Niagara Falls right now. And she was like, OMG, okay, okay, I got you. So she starts scanning everything faster. I paid. I turn around and I see this man coming down the aisle. I see this man coming down the aisle. I hurried up, grabbed the bags, hurried up and unlocked my bike, and I went zooming off. I look back and I see this man peeking his head out the door, walking out, trying to catch me. I... Mm, that was my, that was the, that was the first time that I, that a man had actually tried to grab me. It, it, look here. Parents, keep your kids close to you. Keep your kids close to you. Especially girls. Keep your kids close to you. Keep them close. Because there's people that kidnapping and everything every day and there's people that's taking girls taking advantage of them and then they end up dead i could have been one of those girls if i wasn't smart smart enough to look around my surroundings and pay attention to what was going on and my mom always tells me look at around your surroundings look 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 because you don't want to end up in a situation where you're not looking and then something happens to you. Something could have happened to me, but it did not. By the grace of God. So, that was my little sexualization tidbit. But, not really tidbit because men sexualize women a whole bunch. There's been boy like people my age that will sexualize their girlfriend. I had this fr like I was friends with this girl and her boyfriend. And her boyfriend, you know, he would peep me up. He would tell me like what boys would do to try and get in your pants. But he was also controlling. And I never really liked that about him and I always told her Watch your back, like, watch, like, the stuff that you do because he's he's one of those crazy control freaks. And she didn't really believe me until he kind of, she was wearing, like, a, it was the most cutest outfit ever. She had on a cute skirt with a crop top. And the crop top wasn't even that, like, high up. And the skirt was, like, to her thighs but like like to her knees but like not really to her knees and she had on these cute black boots omg she looks so cute and her boyfriend told her no you need to go change and she was like but babe i look cute like no i'm not about to go change and he was like either you're gonna go change or i'm gonna force you to change and she was like why should i change because you look like you're trying, you look like a hooker. Like, he told her that. He was like, you look like a hooker. I was like, no, she doesn't. She look cute. Girl, I was like, girl, I will wear that. But I don't like skirts. But you wearing this makes me want to wear something like this. And she was like, well, thanks, girl. And I'm like, yeah. 
But he was like, no, no, don't encourage her. She looks like a hooker. She looks like she's asking for other boys' attention. And I'm like, so basically what you're saying, you're going to control everything that she's wearing. Yes, if I don't like it, then she can't wear it. That's not how a relationship goes. He was like, I don't care. If you were my girlfriend, I would do the same thing to you. I said, no, you wouldn't. Because guess what? I'm too headstrong. I am too stubborn. I am stubborn as a, as a mule. I'm very hard-headed. You tell me that. It, I don't care. You can tell me that all you want. I'm going to do what I want to do. If I feel that I don't look good in that, then I'm not going to wear it. And he, and we were, you know, at her house. So what he did was like, he literally, he ripped her shirt. And she screamed bloody murder. Her mom, her, no, her mom didn't come in. Her dad came in, beat the mess out of, beat the mess out of her boyfriend. And she broke up with him that day. And. I mean, she said, I, I never want a boyfriend like him ever again. She was like, I should listen to you. I said, yeah, but I'm, I said, I'm not going to be like, oh, I told you so that he was going to do this and like everything. I said, but I really do hope that you find a guy that isn't going to try and control what you were, control you, control who you talk to, because he would do that. Like, he didn't even, he really did not even want her to talk to her brother, being that he's a guy. Like, how, how is your brain so messed up that you think that? Seriously? Now to the sexual abuse topic. There, there's so many people that go through sexual abuse. And it's not, it's not only girls. It's not only girls. It's always, it's also the guys too. But the guys won't talk about it because another guy will be like, oh man, why would you talk about something like that? I mean, if she did that to me, then I'll be okay with it. You don't say that to somebody that was just sexually assaulted by somebody that was close to them. This could be their auntie and their auntie took advantage of them. And you're talking about, oh man, why would you say, why would you say something? Okay. So there's a song that I came across, I think a year or two ago. And it's called Fall in Line by Christina Aguilera and Demi Lovato. And I feel like this song explains how it is with women and then men. So I'm going to play that. And after the song is finished, you know, I enjoy, I can't stand this quietness no more. He's like, oh, you're doing this here, my voice, very clearly. I'm going to play some music in the background. There's going to be some good stuff. I might, you know, <laughs> sing a little bit. But I want to play this song. And I want to know what you guys think of this song. Little girl, 
That pretty much explains a lot of things.
Sorry for the cussing. I mean, that's what the song had. But this is my thing. Why? This is a sexualization of like how people want to see it. So you, so girls have to if they don't if their dresses are short enough. The guy isn't going to notice them. But if it's too if it's too long, the guy no longer finds her sexually appealing. Oh, you want me to bend over? Oh, okay. If I'm an easy target, then it's great. It's perfect. But then again, I can't be too easy. Got it. My freshman year... I had a senior, like, this was my senior friend. My, like, the senior girl, she, she picked me up on game. She was like, don't get a boyfriend. She was like, because this is the thing. The boys nowadays, if your dress is too short, then you're tr looking for other boys to want to get with you. If you're an easy mark, then you're considered easy. But if you play too hard to get, then you're a shrewd, like a shrewd. They don't want you then. And I'm like, so I have to make it seem like I'm easy. But then again, I'm not easy. I have to wear short revealing clothes, but then again, not too short and revealing for a guy to want to look at me. Yeah, that, yeah, see, now you get it. I might as well just stay single my entire high school career. Well, if you do that, then you'll be labeled this. Well, maybe I want to be labeled that. Maybe I want to keep that. Yeah, but then, no, it's fine. I don't like being sexualized. That's not something that I like. It's not something that I'm comfortable with. If I look a certain way, then yeah, I'll finally have a boyfriend. But if I don't look this way, then I'm going to be single. Why not have a guy that likes me for me instead of what I can bring to the table? Because I can look cute every day that we're going out, but when I just want to be at home and be in my oversized hoodie and sweatpants, then he no longer wants me. Got it. Got it. Thank you so much for pepping me up on game. Yeah, you're welcome. Cool. So, <clears throat> sexual abuse. I went through sexual abuse like two years, well, not two years in a row. But then again, yeah. There was, okay, so my mom had a friend. Her name was. We'll call her Ava. Ava had this girlfriend. Her girlfriend name was, we'll call her Keisha. Well, I mean, I liked Keisha. Keisha was always sweet to me. Um, every time I would, you know, go over to their house, I got candy and everything. They always had, like, my favorite cereal if I, you know, stayed the night with, if, well, if me and my mom stayed the night with them. 
uh, they always had, they had like a room set up just for me, just so like I can go ahead and watch all of my TV stuff and everything. But what I didn't realize at that time was basically Keisha was trying to groom me. And some people might be like, oh my gosh, what's grooming? Especially like kids that, you know, that's not older. Something that no grown adult should do to a young child. I'm just going to say that. So, one day, it was a Friday. We went over to their house. It was like evening time. It was about to be close to dark. And I knew that was because my bedtime was like at 8 o'clock. So we went there, we got there, I don't really remember, but we got there. So it's like eight, nine o'clock at night. And so they was like, oh, we need to take out the trash. They was like, Trinity, go take out the trash. Like, you know, in joking matter. I was like, mm -mm, no, no, I'm not taking out the trash. So I was like, why not? Because it's dark and I'm afraid of the dark. Like I was still five. What? Okay, look here. If you were a five-year-old and you still wasn't scared of the dark, then you're lying to yourself. I had a nightlight. I had all of that. I had a nightlight. And I was always sleeping in, I was sleeping in the bed with my mom. If I got scared in my room and I thought that there was like a monster or whatever, I would run to my mom's room, like sneak in her bed. And when she woke up the next day, I would be covered into her bed. Yeah. I was like that. So my mom said I was going to take it. So my mom went, you know, took it. And so, we're sitting on the balcony, you know, watching my mom take it. Next thing you know, I'm upside down over the balcony. And the balcony was, like, on the fourth floor. So, we're four stories up. And they're hanging me by my feet over the balcony. I was scared. I was so scared. Because like all my little five little measly years slash before my eyes and all I kept all I kept picturing was me just falling and splatting to the ground. And I'm just screaming and I'm screaming, let me up, let me up, mom, mom help me, mom help me, mom help, mom help, mom help. Like that's all I could scream. That's all I could scream. What else was I, what else was I gonna do? Hmm. I I I can't be like oh um can 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 we do this? Can 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 like I I um come back up? Can I come back up? No, you're gonna stay down here since you didn't wanna take out the trash. I'm five. You're hanging a five year old over the balcony. Eva decided that she wants to let go of one of my feet, so Keisha is holding my foot. And I'm screaming even more now. I'm screaming bloody freaking murder. Keisha ended up letting my foot go also. And Ava hurried up and grabbed me. They both hurried up and grabbed me before I could get too far. By that time I was done, I was scared. I was like, they are going to kill me. My mom ended up turning around and so they hurried up and pulled me back up. I'm shaking. I'm crying. I, I'm crying. I, I didn't know what else to do. My mom came back up and she looked at me and she saw me and she bent down and she held me. And I'm, I'm just crying, hiccuping everything. Snot, like snot just all up on my mom's 
my mom's clothes. And she was like, what's wrong? And I'm like, they hung me over the balcony. They tried to drop me. They tried to kill me. They tried to kill me, mama. They tried killing me. She, and she looked at them. She said, why would you do that? They're like, oh my gosh, we were just playing with her. She said, that's not how you play with a five-year-old. She's scared now. I don't know what else she told them because, I mean, I fell asleep. I cried my little heart out. Used to buy my energy for the grind. But I remember waking up. And I remember feeling a breath on my neck. And I'm like, okay. My mom probably came, you know, laid in bed with me and fell asleep also. It wasn't nothing it wasn't nothing unusual, like they would place me in, in a bed, in the bed, and then my mom would come and like she'll be sleeping it right there next to me. Cause I mean, that was always under my mama. So she she did that. Okay. Cool. But it wasn't my mom's breath. Because I felt somebody rubbing my head very tenderly. Just rubbing my head like a mother does whenever she's, you know, putting her, her child to bed. And I remember, like, Keisha just kept whispering, you're such a beautiful little girl. You're such a beautiful little girl. And I'm like, thank you. And I tried to get up. But then I realized... I was restricted. She had her leg over my body. Her arms wrapped around my body also. And she was rubbing all over my body. And I knew I was wrong. I knew I was wrong. But I was scared. I was frozen. In my spot. Because I knew that that was my no-no spots. I knew it. Because my... My grandmother always told me, if somebody touches you here, that's your no-no spot. My mom would say it too. She would be like, if it's not me or your grandma, you know, uh, touching you here. And she said, even we're not supposed to touch you here unless we're helping you take a bath. She said, but you're big enough and, you know, you like to, you know, bathe yourself. Or if we're helping you put on your clothes. And I'm like, okay. So I know that was in my no-no spots. I know nobody was supposed to touch it. Because my mama and my grandma told me nobody's supposed to touch your no-no spots. But she did. And she kept doing it. And I kept telling her. And I kept trying to move her arm. And I kept saying, no, 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 no. Stop, stop, stop. And she just kept whispering, you're such a beautiful little girl. And I said, please let me go. Like, I'm bawling my eyes now, crying. Please let me go. I don't, I don't know. I don't want this. I don't want this. You're such a beautiful little girl. That's all I kept hearing. I don't want this. I don't want this. No, stop touching me. I don't want this. But she didn't stop. She kept going. And as her hand kept getting lower, and lower and lower I screamed she hit me and put her hand over put one of her hands over my mouth and I screamed again 
but this time it was muffled. So nobody could hear that scream. I remember hearing footsteps coming to the room. And I remember hearing my mom and Ava talking. So what did Keisha do? She hurried up and moved off the bed and just made it seem like she was waking me up. I was five years old. I, I, I was five years old. What, what, what? I was five years old. Why would you do this to a five-year-old? So she did that. My mom, you know, came, picked me up, and I told her I never wanted to go there again. She, you know, she asked why, and I was just like, I, I, after they hung me over the balcony, I just didn't want to go there no more. I never told her that Keisha assaulted me, that she sexually assaulted me. But you know who I told? My best friend, my number one bestie, my grandmother. I told her. And I begged her because she was she like, she had her phone ready and she was about to call my mom. And I begged her. I begged her. I was like, no, you can't call her. And my, my grandmother knew why I kept begging her to not call her, to not tell her. Because if my mother knew, my mother would have probably been in jail. Well, big smile on her face because she told me if somebody ever messed with you, I will have a big smile on my face in jail because I knew I protected you. I finally told my mom that Keisha sexually assaulted me when I was either, uh, I think I was 16 at the time, going on 17. I finally told her. And she asked me, why did I not know? And I was like, I told grandma, I begged her not to tell you. She was like, but you should have told me. I was like, no. And when she finally thought about it and like she processed everything, she was like, I understand why you didn't tell me. Because you know that I would have, she said, you know that I probably would have murdered her and been in jail. I was like, yeah, I was trying to protect her. Yeah, that's right. And she told me, she was like, don't ever hide something like this from me ever again. And I was just like, I won't. But then fast forward a year later, I'm six. I'm a six-year-old. My mom had another friend. We're going to call her Diane. Diane had three boys. It was one that was a little younger than me. He was, I think he was like a baby at the time. The other one was like kind of close to my age, but then again, not really. Um, he was, I was six, so he was like, I think seven or eight. And then she had an older boy, 17. The older boy, the older boy, we'll call him John. Me and him would, he was like a big brother that I never had because I'm an only child. So he would play with me. Whenever like his brothers did, whenever like his younger brother didn't want to like, you know, 
play catch with me or play like play with the little soccer ball that I had. He would come out there and he would play with me. So we went to the grocery store because their um Diane was gonna cook and my mom and her still weren't done with their talk. So me, John, Diane, and my mom got into the car. We went to Market Basket. Oh, no problem. My mom turned around, you know, gave me her phone so that I can watch my little YouTube videos, watch my little music videos or whatever. But I was mainly playing games. I'm down with the games on her phone and everything, so I was playing my little games. Oh gosh. Okay. So I remember he called me and he said, Trinity. I was like, huh? Turned around, you know, looked at him. And he said, come here. I was like, no, I'm playing my game. I don't want to call. No. I'm in the middle of my game. You're ruining my game. He reached over, unbuckled my seatbelt, and pulled me next to him. Cool. No problem. I don't really think none of it. I was getting a little sleepy, and he would usually, like, whenever I got tired, he would pick me up, put me on his lap, and he would rock me. But this time, when he put me on his lap, I felt something under my butt. And I'm wiggling, you know, trying to move. And, he's, and he just grabbed me by my hips, and he kind of pushed me down, and he said, nope. Stop moving. And I'm like, but it hurts. No. He told me, it's okay. It'll all be over soon. That was his words. It'll all be over soon. I said, no, I don't want to. No, no. The word no wasn't enough for him. He didn't get very far. But I remember he set me next to him, unzipped his pants, reached into his pants, pulled out his ping pong. And he grabbed my wrist and he was pulling it towards his ping pong. And I said, no, I don't want to. He said, you will. You're going to make me feel good. I said, no. I don't want to. I don't want to. No. I don't want to. And he kept pulling and pulling and pulling my wrist to him. Until he finally got my hand to touch his ping pong. And he started moving my hand. And I didn't really know what to do, and I just kept pulling. And I finally pulled enough to where my hand was finally out of his, out of his hand. And he told me to open my mouth. And I said no. That was kind of like the wrong choice of words, I want to say. Because 
he didn't really like that either when I said no. I was happy when I saw my mom and his mom coming back to the car. So he hurried up and put his ping pong back into his pants. And he hurried up and pushed me back into my seat, put my seatbelt on and put his back on. I had solid tears going down my face. My mom turned around, she looked at me and she said what was wrong. I just said, nothing, I died. In my little game, I died. Okay. She, we got back to their house and she was like, okay, well, we're gonna go. She put me in my, she put me in my little car seat and we started driving off. She asked me, what's really wrong, what's wrong? And I told her. She didn't turn back around. She called his mom. And he was on the phone. He, um, night he was on the phone. The mom had it on speakerphone and the dad heard everything that I told my mom that he did to me. His dad went ballistic. He beat the mess out. He beat the mess out of him. And they lived in a trailer. So pretty much from like their bedroom all the way to his bed, all the way to John's bedroom, he beat him all the way there. Then left him on the floor and went back to his room. I mean, I, I found out a few years later when I was old enough, but I remember at six, my mom told me his dad is handling it. I didn't know what that meant. I just thought, oh, okay, his dad handling it. Oh, okay. He may just give him a talking to. No, he beat him. He beat him like he was a grown man. So, that is my sexual abuse story of what happened to me. It's kind of hard to share when you've gone through sexual abuse. No, I wasn't raped. But at six years old, I was close to being raped. So now, as a little kid, I used to enjoy whenever my uncles would hug on me, you know, give me some love and all of that. But after that happened, I kind of dislike the feeling of somebody touching me without my permission. And I'll initiate some type of physical contact like a poke or a kiss on the forehead. That's my type of physical affection type to you. But then after I do that, I don't want to be bothered. I don't want to be touched. Because something traumatic happened to me as a kid and it messed with me. And the still messes with me. I'm learning to not always push off people whenever uh, they try to hug me, especially men, especially like close family member men. There's some that I'll actually, you know, hug and give them a kiss and everything, but that's like. 
my older, older cousins, but I mean, out of respect, we call them auntie and uncle and all of that. There's some of them that will, you know, allow touch me, but if I meet like a new male family member, it's not a hug, it's a handshake. I meet any type of man that's new, it's a handshake. Somebody that I don't really know comes up and hugs me, I I will walk back I will walk backwards away and like kind of have my hands in front of me in a push motion. Because I don't want to be touched. I don't know you. You know my mom, but you don't know me, and I don't know you. So I don't want the I, I don't want the feeling of your arms or hands around me. Because that brings me to a place where I That brings me to a place where I feel like I'm back in that situation where somebody is trying to touch me against my will. So, that is my sexual abuse slash sexualization of women, about men. It's this was a great episode. It's very refreshing. It's very refreshing to talk about this. Now, let's talk about what next episode is going to be. I don't know. Don't ask me what the next episode is going to be about because I really don't know. I have to think. But I think what I want to do for my next episode is actually talk about what's going on in the world about the women's reproductive right law. I think I'll talk about that one at a later time. But I think I want to talk about like these young girls that are going off with their friends and ending up dead. Or their friends then beat on them so bad that they left them for dead. So, let's end today's episode off with Let's end today's episode off with a poem. This one is called, One Person's Words is Another's Reaction. One person's words is another person's thoughts and nightmares. Your action is my reaction. The hate you have is my mask. Emotions you show is my shield. Don't understand, I'll explain. What you find in strength, I find is vulnerability. Ha, you fight and hate, I love and show compassion to bullies. You wear your emotions, I hide mine from the world. You are normal, I am average. You seek love, I run away from love. For fear of being hurt, I'm just a girl reacting to your insults. You're a bully, I'm the broken toy. I realize that I'm stronger because of your torments towards me. You're the weak one. Because you prey on the weak and quiet ones. I'm no longer going to take your insults. I am fighting back because I'm stronger than ever now. So go back to your miserable life and I'll go back to being what I was before your torments. The girl who kept to herself. The quiet one you didn't care to know. Bye bye bully. Hello future self. To future me. We have accomplished much more than you know. Keep being you, the girl who puts others ahead of herself. I'll see you in a few years from me to you, Younger Trinity.
So, I'll see y'all back again for episode three. Mwah! It was awesome talking to you guys.